Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. To our new listeners, welcome. To our old listeners, welcome back. Another episode of Magical Education awaits you, but first, we would like to say a few words. Nitwit, blubber, oddment, tweak. Podcast data three quarters topic of the week is, how would you protect the Philosopher's Stone? Hello listeners, I'm Rhea. And I'm Jem. So in this scenario, we are Dumbledore, and our good friend Nicholas Flamel has asked us to protect his Philosopher's Stone from the person or persons unknown who are trying to steal it. So we have to design a protection Mm. or series of protections to keep it safe. Yeah. Can I just interject here? Do we suspect that the persons or person who is trying to steal it is actually old mate Voldy or someone associated with him? Or do we just... Well, I, I don't know. I don't think Dumbledore did suspect that. Because... Hmm. Like, aside from the fact that Harry Potter has come to Hogwarts, what else is there that would make you think Voldemort is back? Well, like Hagrid said, Hagrid never believed that Voldemort was really gone. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that Dumbledore believed that either. Yeah, Dumbledore knew Voldemort was still kicking about. But, like, he's been completely inactive for the past ten years. Like, why would he come back now? Because Harry's at Hogwarts. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. The fact that Harry's at Hogwarts and the fact that the Philosopher's Stone is something that could potentially bring Voldemort back to life. Like, maybe Dumbledore had suspicions that Voldemort might be the one behind this. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it, it would make sense for him to design, like, a protection that is specifically for Voldemort. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, given that, I think we should discuss first... Dumbledore's actual strategy in the book. (laughs) What was Dumbledore thinking? (laughs) I'm confused by your hesitation because I honestly think that it's a pretty solid setup that he has. I think it's reasonably solid. Like, you know, as as far as like a series of puzzles goes, this is a series (laughs) of puzzles that are difficult but not so difficult that a group of 11-year-olds with a basic grasp of magic couldn't solve them. So, like, (laughs) I suppose the main problem I have with Dumbledore is, like, why create a series of easily solvable puzzles rather than a series of insanely complicated and near impossible to solve puzzles? Mm, Yeah, that's true. I mean, and not just puzzles. Why didn't he have, like, really strong protective magical enchantments that only a very learned scholar such as himself would be able to detect and get through. Like we saw in the sixth book when uh, in Voldemort's cave where he had the locket hidden, that there was only, there was magic that only Dumbledore could sort of sense because he was such a good scholar. So why didn't he have like things set up like that where only he could get to it? Yeah. Like it's difficult to get to, but it's also kind of easy to get to. Why is it so possible that three children can get to it? 
that's my mm. main problem. Like, that's my main what was he thinking. I mean, fair enough. Harry Ron Hermione did have very separate and individual skills, which worked very well for the puzzles. Like Ron's <laughs> it ability was to do... very convenient. <laughs> it was very convenient. Ron's um, adeptness with chess, Hermione's, like, cool logic under pressure, and Harry's, like, flying ability and all this sort of stuff. They just all happened to very very perfectly and neatly be able to get through these puzzles because they all happen to have the skills necessary. But maybe the average wizard like is like, oh yeah, I'm great at charms and shit, but I can't fly. So they would suck at that they would be stuck in that room for ages. I think the primary reason why it's possible to get through all of these puzzles, like instead of just creating like just an impossible room, a room that you go inside and you die. Like I think the stone still needs to be reachable because we know that Flamel needs the stone in order to brew the elixir of life. So at the moment, he's mm-hmm. got a lot of elixir of life stockpiled, enough for he and his wife to survive without the stone for presumably at least a year. But mm-hmm. eventually, they're going to need to access it again. So in the books, the puzzles that are set up the way they are, the teachers could have escorted Flamel safely through that series of traps to retrieve the stone as necessary. I think if you create something that's just needlessly difficult or impossible to get through, then you're basically sentencing Flamel to death because if no one can get the stone, like he's going to die. Yeah, that's true. Another consideration. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot kill my old friend. (laughs) I think that should be a condition of our protections as well. Like it needs to be difficult, but not impossible to get to the stone. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, considering that, should we get into the strategies that we would employ? Yes. So I have separated my strategies into two categories. One of them is at Hogwarts and the other one is not at Hogwarts. Like Hagrid said, there are only a few really, really safe places that you can hide things in the Wizarding World. Gringotts is one of them and Hogwarts is a really safe place to hide things as well. But we know that the stone Mm -hmm. wasn't safe at Gringotts. Someone tried to break in and steal it. So Hogwarts seems like the next logical bet in order to hide it. And as headmaster, you want it close to you as well. So I think that's something that people discount when they criticize the way Dumbledore protected the stone. Like I saw a couple of things which were saying like, well, the absolute first line of defense to get to the Philosopher's Stone was a locked door, which could be opened with an Alahamora. Why not make that a locked door with some impossibly complicated lock that nobody could open well like first of all like the lock door i do question why an alamora was able to open it but that wasn't the first line of defense the first line of defense was hogwarts castle itself which Mm -hmm. supposedly is supposed to be so secure that nobody can get inside like you can't apparate inside you can't fly a broom inside there's all these magical protections all over the castle it's really hard to get in and exactly. if some just random person wanted to try and steal the Philosopher's Stone, or like an expert thief, the first thing they have to do is infiltrate the castle, which is complicated mm-hmm. and difficult. Okay. So uh, I have a strategy for the At Hogwarts plan, and sort of like a master strategy, I guess, of what I would do okay. as um, Albus Dumbledore. The basic essence of this strategy is summed up by the phrase keep them on their toes and <laughs> it's basically I'm so <laughs> basically i'm good old albus dumbledore and i have to protect this magical object for my good buddy Flamel. 
I perhaps suspect that the person trying to get the stone, based on the fact that this is Harry's first year at Hogwarts and that the Philosopher's Stone grants people the ability to like live for a long time, that it might have something to do with Voldemort, but I'm not 100% sure. It's just a suspicion. So mm-hmm. I've taken the stone out of Gringotts. Now what? The plan begins where I tell Hagrid that the stone will be kept safely on the grounds of Hogwarts and I get Hagrid to help me hide the stone in the middle of the Forbidden Forest. Yeah. So that only myself and Hagrid know where it is. And now mm. you might see um, a bad thing about this, that only myself and Hagrid know where it is. <laughs> because as we know, Hagrid, bless his heart, is not great at keeping secrets, but that's fine yeah. for the first part of my plan. So okay, I'm um, like, I please hide- don't suggest that we kill Hagrid. <laughs> 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 Got to tie up those loose ends. <laughs> expendable no um so i hide the stone in the middle of the forbidden forest because who knows the forbidden forest better than good old rubius hagrid okay Mm -hmm. so then after halloween when a troll was let into the school i enact the next phase of my plan so i go into the forest alone grab the stone and i take it to the black lake now Ah. and as dumbledore I use my skill of communicating in Murmish to the chiefess of the Mer people in the Black Lake, ah. and I ask her to hide the stone under the surface of the lake in their little town, I guess. My first two plans had been to hide the stone somewhere very dangerous and difficult to get to it. And like uh, the Finn Forest, as we know, is full of creatures that maybe Hagrid doesn't even know about. It's very dark and hard to navigate. So hiding it somewhere deep in the middle of that forest, like unless you follow me in there with Hagrid. It's, it's, it's difficult to assume that you're going to be able to find that stone. And same with the Black Lake. Like, unless you speak Murmish too, you might know why I'm communicating with the Mer people. I might just be on a morning stroll through the forest, <laughs> and then I happen to stroll past. Like, I'm assuming if someone's watching me, all this happening, is tracking me yeah. to try and find the stone. I might just be on a morning stroll and just happen to talk to the chief desk of the Mer people. Like, Dumbledore's a bit of a wacky guy. People don't expect him to be doing the things that he does. And yeah, and going into the Black Lake, like it's some—it's something difficult enough that it's considered to be a Triwizard tournament, a task in the Triwizard tournament. So I would say that not your average wizard could do it with great success. They need like a lot of preparation and stuff, and it takes a long time to search that Black Lake if it's hidden well enough. Yeah. Okay. And again, it meets the criteria of, Difficult enough to be dangerous and possibly deadly, but not so difficult that a child couldn't do it. Because Harry did it <laughs> yes. in the fourth book. And that's, that's an important consideration. Yes. Oh, the other thing that uh, I wanted to point out was um, you had some hesitancy about Hagrid before. Like, oh, we know that Hagrid is not good at keeping secrets. But I think the thing that people need to consider with Hagrid is the fact that he's half giant makes him more difficult to get information out of than a regular wizard. Because I think it's mm-hmm. implied that his half-giant heritage makes him more resilient to magic. So it's mm-hmm. difficult to, like, imperio him, stun him, or magically manipulate him to get information. I think with Hagrid, yeah. you have to trick him using basic muggle methods, like getting him drunk. And if the average wizard doesn't know too much about Hagrid, then their first response might be to, oh, I'll just like magically try and get it out of him rather than, oh, I'll, I'll sidle up to him at the local hogshead and see, and give him a few drinks to get the information out of him. So that's yeah, important. I think the reason that 
the reason that Voldemort was able mm -hmm. to trick the information out of Hagrid was because he knew Hagrid in school. So he knew, yeah. first of all, about Hagrid's resilience to magic and his great, great loyalty to Dumbledore, because he would have mm -hmm. known that Dumbledore kept Hagrid on as a groundskeeper. So that's why he was able to trick Hagrid, not easily, it took him like a year to figure out how to do it. Yeah. Uh, but he was able to trick Hagrid because he had all this prior knowledge of Hagrid and his feelings towards Dumbledore. Yeah. So now the stone's in the lake. So then after the first Quidditch match of the year, so Slytherin versus um, Gryffindor, I go to the Black Lake on my way back from the pitch and I retrieve the stone from the chiefess and I take it inside <laughs> the castle. <laughs> I like you're now, doing a bit of a where, shell game. You're like, just keep the stone moving, yeah. keep the stone moving. No one knows where it is. <laughs> keep them on their toes, keep them on their toes. Yeah. My assumption is that the person who's trying to get the stone probably knows that I'm the one who's hiding it because they'll know about my relationship with Nicholas Flamel because that's yeah, well known that's, that we're that's friends. Common knowledge. And if anyone's going to be hiding the stone in the school, it's going to be Dumbledore because he runs the school. He has to know where it is. So I'm assuming that the person who's trying to get the stone might be tracking my movements. So yeah, it is just keep them on their toes. It's a shell game. Okay. Mm -hmm. So then I go to the kitchens <laughs> and I hide <laughs> the stone inside of a box and I put that box inside of another box and then I mail the box and went, no. <laughs> um, I take no, I smash it with a hammer. <laughs> no. Okay, I, I would like the, to point um... out that, sorry, my protections, I've got a subsection of my protections called creatures, which goes, step one, get Hagrid to drop it in the middle of Aragog's nest so it's got a back mm -hmm. of the ventral. Possibility two, give it to the mermaids in the lake and ask the mermaids to hide it. And then no. option number three, Give it to the Hogwarts house elves and be like, protect it with your elf magic. So I like that yeah. one, two, three, bang, bang, bang. We've come up with exactly the same ideas. So yeah, I take the um, the stone in its box inside uh, inside to the kitchens. Um, and I put it inside of a muggle safe in the kitchens. Oh. And I choose the combination completely at random. I just like choose it as I do it. I don't even think of the numbers until I'm in that moment that I memorize the numbers. And um, lock it inside. And I instruct the house elves that if anyone comes down and tries to get near the safe, who doesn't, who isn't me, or who doesn't use my password, my secret code word, which is um, Yorkiba, then they are to grab the safe and apparate away with it to the pickup location. The pickup location is uh, the driveway of my childhood home in Godric's Hollow. Ah. So, <laughs> yes. That's interesting. Okay. And then you could have like a spell set up on that driveway. First of all, like a protective ring of some kind that the elves can jump into so nobody can get yes. to them. And also like some kind of alarm spell so that if anyone apparates into there, you're like, oh, it's the elves. Somebody tried to get the safe. Yeah. Better run down yeah, to the alarm. kitchen and fucking murder them. <laughs> An alarm goes off my little wristwatch and I'm like, oh, there we go. Time to go catch a thief. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So. That's good. Then. I like using the elves. <laughs> Yeah, the elves are such a great resource. I don't know why people didn't use them much more. I mean, they're literally slaves. You can just tell them what to do and they'll do it. <laughs> I think it's mostly because JK hadn't invented them in book one. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, so then, two weeks later, I go down and I retrieve the stone from the room, from um, the kitchen. <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> You're like, I've come up with this great plan. Two weeks. Yeah. Now I've got to come up with something else. I love how it just, I do. you feel very frantic. <laughs> 
Well, I'm just, I'm just being like scrupulous, I guess. Like I'm not being mm. frantic because it's all planned out. So then I go to the staff room, flashback to um, the start of the year when Hagrid mm. had taken Harry to Gringotts and then the next day the, rob- the vault had been stolen from and now I have this stone and I have to come up with this big plan. So I'm sitting in yeah. my um, office, surrounded by my moving instruments, eating a sherbet lemon, and there's a tap on the door. And in walk my four closest uh, compatriots who are professors at the school. So you've got Minerva McGonagall, uh, Professor Pomona Sprout, Phileas Flitwick, and Severus Snape. All heads of houses and all mm. very trusted by me. Now, yeah. I say to them, oh, welcome, welcome. So I have um, this Philosopher's Stone, which I have tied this year. And my intention is to create a sort of um, series of puzzles <laughs> in which people have to go through and solve each one correctly and in, this, mm-hmm. and in a certain amount of time in order to get the stone. Can I quickly interject? Um, yes. Why is Quirrell not included in this? Because Quirrell was one of the teachers who was included in the book. Yeah, so um, that's sort of one of my reasons for what is what was Dumbledore thinking because uh, Quirrell was a teacher at the school, right, before he was possessed mm-hmm. by Voldemort. He was the Muggle Studies teacher and then he okay. uh, took the role of Defence Against the Dark Arts teacher for a year. Yeah, but why would I want the Muggle Studies teacher doing this? Well, you want the Defence Against the Dark Arts teacher doing this. But, like, Quirrell's not... Uh, and we know in the seventh book that Dumbledore has suspicions about Quirrell because he told Snape to keep an eye on Quirrell. Yeah. If you've got suspicions mm-hmm. about Quirrell, why did you include Quirrell in the planning and yes. hiding of the stone? But maybe exactly. maybe he didn't get suspicious about Quirrell until after all the protections had been in place and Quirrell was going around asking everybody about their protections and how to get through them. Because I assume Perhaps. that the reason Voldemort was able to figure out what the other things protecting the stone were is because the teachers all just talked about it together. Mm. Perhaps. But my reasons for choosing these four anyway is because my trust with them goes way back. Like, it's clear that um, Sprout, Flitwick, McGonagall were all involved with the Order. And, yeah. uh, of course, Dumbledore has his reasons for trusting Snape because he has blackmail on Snape. So I know that I can trust these people to the ends of the earth and they won't betray me. I don't know that 100% about the rest of my staff except for Hagrid. So. Yeah, but you've already um, used Hagrid by going into the forest. So you're mm -hmm. not using him again because otherwise you'd be like, well, I already protected the stone. Yeah, well, no, but I haven't used Hagrid yet. This is flashback. This is before I've um, taken the stone into the forest. Oh, okay. Yeah. So at this point, Hagrid's just shown up at at the castle and given me the stone the day and it's the day after that okay mm-hmm. and i've been given stone now yeah okay now i know i have to hide it so i think that dumbledore had a great idea in getting the other teachers involved uh combining the respective strengths of each one however i would make a few small changes basically i would keep my only my four trustworthy crew and i wouldn't tell the teachers what this is for i'd make up some lie about creating a security measures for the castle and like Mm-hmm. coming up with these experiments to make sure that um, Hogwarts security is like really up to standard. And I'll just be like, okay, I just want you to like create some experimental magic and just basically go nuts with it to come up with some great security measures for protecting the school. And then maybe in the next few years, we'll actually implement them around the school. Um, okay. But then, yeah, I'd let them go nuts. And 
<laughs> as long as I That's know how to get through all the security measures. Mm -hmm. What you could do is, first of all, I'm thinking, well, that's going to be completely different because if I'm, say, Professor Sprout and Dumbledore says to me, okay, think of a way to try and protect the castle, I'm not going to come up with Devil's Snare because if I mm -hmm. wrap the castle in Devil's Snare, students are going to die every time they try and leave because <laughs> that's really dangerous. So I'm going to yeah. come up with something completely different. So if you exactly. said to them, say, like, um, let's wall off four rooms in the dungeons or four rooms in the third floor yeah. corridor or whatever. Mm -hmm. I want you to each take a room and try and make it impossible to get through that room. And then I, mm -hmm. Dumbledore, every, every couple of months, say, or however long you want to work on this, I will try and get through the rooms. And when I can't get to the end, that's when we know that, like, you've, you're finished, you're done. Until then, mm -hmm. we're just going to keep working on this. We're just going to keep brainstorming, trying new things. Yeah. Because, like, when you can keep me out, we'll be like, yes, the, the castle's finally safe enough. Exactly. That's my plan. And, uh, and they'd be, like, competing with each other as well. It would become, like, a competition. Like, you know yeah. McGonagall wants to outdo Snape. Snape coming exactly. up with some fucking logic puzzle and Dumbledore's like, whatever. I just walked through your room, Severus. Exactly. And I, you know, as Dumbledore, I'm imagining myself as Dumbledore here. I love the drama. I love seeing people compete and go at each other. So <laughs> that's an extra little fun bit for me. Yeah. I love pitting people against each other. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I basically, I instruct them about all this and I say, yep, get yourself prepared. I'm going to inform the students and the staff to stay away from the third floor corridor. That'll be your little playing ground. And I'll have Hagrid add in like an extra security measure at the top of that trap door as well don't worry about that though that'd be fun and then um yeah that's to stop the students from getting inside yeah. because we don't want the mm -hmm. students wandering into this death trap corridor <laughs> so we'll just put a massive exactly. dog there to scare everyone away <laughs> <laughs> exactly now i've taken the stone now flash forward back to where i was i've taken the stone from the elves in the kitchen and then i show up and on my way back to the office I um, knock on the staff room door and I'm like, oh, oh, uh, Minerva, Aphilius, uh, Pomona, Severus, could you please come with me to my office? And so I take them all up to my office and I say, right, now I've, I'm hoping that your experiments have been going well because I'm going to just like place something of value to me into this um, little chamber that you've got set up, this little maze. And so I allow them to let me through the maze if, if I can't get through by myself which I probably will be able to get through by myself, but who knows? Yeah. And but hopefully it's really so then, hard. Hopefully it's very difficult. Yes. And then I put the stone at the end of that maze. I also put the, uh, the mirror at the end as well. I have my own little room set up as well. So I still have the mirror of Erised there. Mm -hmm. So the thief, whoever they are, maybe affiliated with Voldemort, who knows, may have been onto my plans for hiding the stone, but it's very unlikely that he or she was onto all of my plans. And even if they were, even if they had managed to trace all my footsteps and follow the progression of me hiding stone in the forest and the lake and the kitchens, all this sort of stuff, there's something that they actually don't know and something that only I know, which is the stones are fake. Yes. Yes. <laughs> of course. This is in my plan as well. <laughs> the stone is a fake and the mirror, the mirror of Erised in my room is a fake as well. So, mm -hmm. in fact, the real stone, I've just made a duplicate of this stone. I've been carrying it around with me all through the forest, all this sort of stuff. And that's the stone I've been moving around. 
the real stone has been in my sleeve the whole time. time. (laughs) Of course, of course. Where else would you keep it? I keep it on my person, like either in my sock. I mean, that's been shown throughout the series as a good place to keep things. Or in my pocket amongst my sherbet lemons. You know, I would just keep it on me at all times. Like, I think that it's pretty unlikely that anyone who's tracking my movements and seeing me do all this dodgy behavior is going to assume that I just have the stone in my sock. (laughs) 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 This has all been a ruse. And and the ruse is, like, for um, three reasons. The reasons are threefold. One, I want to see who exactly is trying to steal the stone from me because there are so many ways – in which I can be alerted to someone uh, trying to keep tabs on me or trying to get the stone in different ways. So I'll mm-hmm. probably figure out who the thief is before the year's end. Maybe by the, around the time of the kitchen's move, I'll probably figure out who the thief is, if not earlier. And yeah. I also get to track Harry's progress because, as we know, yes. as I assume, part of this whole uh, setup with the puzzles and the stone at the end is to see how Harry goes. And that's sort of insinuated at the end when um, – Dumbledore sort of just let Harry and his friends like try and figure it out and get to the stone and stop someone stealing it. And so, yeah, I do want to see how Harry fares with all this um, chaos. Maybe he'll be following me into the forest or maybe he'll suspect that I've hidden it in the lake. I just want to see how far he gets. Also, the third reason is just to have a laugh. I think it'd be really funny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, well, basically that's a summary of my plan with my master strategy, <laughs> which is keep them on their toes. What do you think? <laughs> I like that rather than Dumbledore just being like, yeah, Flamel, I can take care of this thing for you. I'll put it in this really safe place, my school, and I'll have all the teachers come up with some extra security measures for it. You've been like, Dumbledore is going to spend all of his time. Like, Dumbledore is going to make his life revolve around protecting his stone. With this increasingly convoluted series of movements and plans. All of his time? Isn't he? All of his time? Rhea, this took me ten minutes to write out in a fever dream. Like, <laughs> in a fever dream. <laughs> this plan did not take long for me to plan. No, not long to plan, but it takes longer to execute. You've got to keep Doesn't? all these different people. Yeah, you have to have separate dialogues with all of these different people being like here i'm gonna coordinate where the stone is and the stone's gonna move from place to place and nobody can know about what anybody else is doing and it's all very convoluted i like it like it's fantastic (laughs) but you've just like ramped up dumbledore's paranoia and craziness (laughs) what is me as dumbledore (laughs) so ramping up the paranoia (laughs) yeah I also like that how good to just reimagine the first Harry Potter movie as like a heist film (laughs) of trying to like predict the crazy man's next move and trying to get to the stone before he moves it again. And every time he got to come up with a new plan and now he's moved it somewhere else (laughs) and it's more complicated. We need to bring in more people. (laughs) And I really just, I love the idea of Quirrell like trekking after me in the forest in the dark like trying to dive into the black lake, trying to like mm-hmm. wrestle with house elves and eventually going through this convoluted, like, I don't know what the teachers would set up. Maybe some form of devil snare, maybe some like terrible, terrible potion. That's like a poison or something like that. Some terrifying transfiguration nonsense. 
and then finally getting to the mirror, which is a fake. Because, like, I couldn't have the real mirror there because then he might be able to actually get the stone if he desired it enough. Like, that's... Mm-hmm. Mm. So I'd have the real fake the fake mirror there. And then me, I imagine me just, like, in another room, like, with eye holes through the wall, just sort of sitting there eating sherbet lemons and laughing as Krill standing at the <laughs> mirror, like, where is the stone? And he can't see anything in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> or it's just a two-way mirror, and I'm on the other side, ready to burst out. Gotcha, fuck! <laughs> Got him. Okay, so... I just want to talk about the mirror, first of all, because when you get down to it, in Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, all of the other protections are pointless, because there, right at the end, is the ultimate (sighs) trap. Anyone who wants to Mm -hmm. find the stone but not use it will be able to get it. Nobody who's trying to find the stone to use it will be able to get it. That's like, well, Mm -hmm. that's perfect. So now a thief can't get it, Voldemort can't get it. Only someone who wants to find the stone and not use it. So presumably Dumbledore himself. Yeah. Because Nicholas Fumel would be like, oh, Dumbledore, I need my stone back. But Nicholas Fumel can't get it out of the mirror because he needs to use it. So Dumbledore would have to get it out and give it to his friend. Yeah. So when you've got the mirror there as that last line of defense, well, it's like, why not just the mirror? Why everything else? Mm. I think there's mm. two reasons for that. First of all, the other puzzles the teacher set up were a preliminary defense, because as we know, the mirror of Erised wasn't in place until after Christmas. So -hmm. I think what happened there, first of all, is Nicholas Flamel was like, oh, Dumbledore, can you hide the Philosopher's Stone in Hogwarts? Because I suspect somebody is going to try and steal it from Gringotts. And I think Dumbledore Mm -hmm. was like, yes, I'll do that because we're friends, but didn't really take that threat seriously. And then lo and Mm -hmm. behold, Gringotts gets broken into the day that the Philosopher's Stone was moved, and Dumbledore's like, okay, time to take this seriously. So he gets all of his teachers to set up protections. And he's like, there we go, stone's safe. And then Halloween night, somebody lets a troll into the castle and uses the chaos Mm -hmm. to try and break into the stone. And he's like, okay, okay. (laughs) So this is happening. Someone is in the school trying to get the stone. Now it's time for me to do something. And that's when he set up the Mirror of Erised trap, because we know from the books that the Mirror of Erised was not being used to protect the Philosopher's Stone until after Christmas. So I think there was a gradual ramping up of the protections around the stone. That's the first reason that the Mirror of Erised trap wasn't just like, let's just chuck the stone in that mirror and then done, we're finished. And the second reason that I think that trap was there is because I think it's designed to slow down a potential thief for long enough that Dumbledore himself can show up and confront the thief. So Mm -hmm. you waste all this time getting through all these long, complicated traps, and assuming you didn't know what they were beforehand, it would be pretty difficult to get through all of these traps. Like, the only reason Quirrell could do it as quickly as he could was because he knew what the traps were, so he was prepared going in. So, like, it takes you ages to get through this trap, and then you're just stuck at this mirror, being like, how do I get the stone out of here? What am I doing? It's just a mirror. I can see myself getting the stone in the mirror, but I can't get the stone. So you're just mm-hmm. in that room forever. And during that time, Dumbledore can be like, oh, somebody's in the room. Let's get everyone. Mm. <laughs> Go to that room and stop that person. I think it's mostly just like, it's a honey trap. It's just to keep you stuck there. It is. Mm. So if the main reason is like, the Mirror of Erised sort of taunts you with the stone, but doesn't actually give you the stone. 
you don't really need the stone there at all, do you? No. So why not just <laughs> why not just use a decoy? Just have the mirror in the room. So the person gets to the room, sees themselves find the stone. They're like, I know it's here somewhere, but they can't get to it. And then the stone is really just like in Dumbledore's office or something. <laughs> like, just get a paperweight from Dumbledore's desk, transfigure it to look like the Philosopher's Stone because Dumbledore's a transfiguration expert. Exactly. And then just use it as a decoy. Chuck that in the mirror. So that even mm-hmm. if somebody who does want to find the stone but not use it, they'll just get like a, a nothing useless rock out of the mirror. <laughs> and then Dumbledore carries the stone around in his pocket, puts it in a locked drawer in his desk. Something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely like the idea of using just like a locked drawer or a safe because that's such a muggle thing. And so, yeah, again, like if the average wizard who's thinking of all these complex magical puzzles that he might have to go through and these defenses and he might have to over enchant, but then it's just like a combination number that might really throw them off. Yeah. Mm. I like the idea of as well, if you've got a locked drawer, don't lock it with an Alahamora or don't lock it with a key, lock it with the Elder Wand. Design mm-hmm. a lock that you need to insert, like, the handle of the Elder Wand, which is a very distinctive shape into. Because mm-hmm. then it's like, well, if you want to get this stone, first of all, you have to defeat Dumbledore in battle <laughs> to get his wand. <laughs> then you've got to break yep. into his office. And you have to do all of this before anyone else finds you and stops you. <laughs> like, good luck. Exactly. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um... I've got a couple of more other ideas. Do you have more things or just your master strategy? Um, I had like other strategies that were not at Hogwarts strategies. I have two that are like, I think the most viable. And the first one is Aberforth because mm-hmm. um, as Dumbledore, not many people know that the grimy old bartender that works at the Hogshead is actually my brother. So I could mm-hmm. like, again, maybe have like a, a red herring with all these enchantments and traps inside the castle but then i just actually have the stone hiding in my brother aberforth's mantelpiece in his little flat over the top of the hogshead and no one would be the wiser to that yeah if you knew about dumbledore and you're like well dumbledore's an incredibly powerful wizard and he's working at hogwarts which is staffed by other incredibly powerful witches and wizards so naturally Mm -hmm. like if i was dumbledore and i wanted to protect something i would go to those people i wouldn't go to Mm -hmm my random brother who is really terrible at magic and like maybe fox goats <laughs> like maybe <laughs> i probably Unclear. wouldn't give him an incredibly powerful magical artifact and be like hey just sort of chuck it in a sock drawer or something and we know that like um there's a complicated relationship between aberforth and albus but if i told him to do something he'd probably do it he'd be grudging and annoyed about it but he'd probably do it Mm. Yeah. Uh, my second one is to put it back in Gringotts. Because <laughs> I figured... <laughs> oh! Oh! I see. I love that. That is fantastic. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> back in um, the exact it's... same safe that was robbed the first time. No, maybe. It's the day after the um, Gringotts is robbed and I have the Philosopher's Stone in my desk and I'm like, all right, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do today? And <laughs> I'm trying to think of all these magical enchantments that I could make to protect the stone in the castle. And then I'm like, hold on. I bet that the person who tried to steal this stone 
wouldn't expect it to end up in the same place that they tried to steal it from in the first place. So I just go mm-hmm. back to Gringotts, or I send someone else back to Gringotts, someone incognito, put it back mm-hmm. in, the, in, the, in the same vault that it was in, 713. <laughs> yeah. What you could also do <laughs> to just make that like sting a little bit more is you could do a release on the Daily Prophet. You could be like, oh, you probably don't want to reveal what number the vault was because that was in the article. Okay. Mm-hmm. Send a letter to the Daily Article doing like a scathing criticism of Gringotts. Like, I cannot believe Gringotts <laughs> was robbed. This is an outrage. It's a scandal. <laughs> <laughs> so I, Albus Dumbledore, will be taking all of my gold out of my vault and uh, from now on I'm going to be keeping it in Hogwarts Castle and I'm going to tell all of my friends to do the same thing and from now on we'll just keep our own shit safe. So obviously then, anyone who tried to rob Gringotts and who knows there's a connection between Nicholas and Dumbledore, because we assume that's general knowledge, it's printed on his chocolate frog card, mm-hmm. is going to be like, okay... Well, obviously it's at Hogwarts then, because he's just said that he's going to take all of his friends' valuables and keep them safe at Hogwarts. So now you're focusing all of your attention at Hogwarts, and Dumbledore has just publicly said, yeah, it's here, we're going to keep it safe, and then you just put the mm-hmm. stone back in Gringotts. And then you have an alibi for being at Gringotts the day after the break-in. It's like, oh, I'm taking out all my money yes. and putting it in a safe place. So, like, it wouldn't seem suspicious at all that you would shop at Gringotts. <laughs> yeah, you could... You could, oh, that's even better. Don't send the letter to the Daily Prophet. Just show up to Gringotts and start raving like a madman <laughs> about how the bank's unsafe. Make a huge scene. Maybe, like, sneakily tip off Rita Seeker that someone's yeah. going to be making a big scene at Gringotts. So just get yourself in the papers, being like, from now on, everything that I need to protect will be at Hogwarts school. <laughs> and then meanwhile I'll be like, Okay, so goblins, while I'm here, I also just need to drop something off. Yeah, I make a big scene in the Great Hall, but then when I actually go down, descend into like the caverns with my little um, my uh, cart manager, the the goblin that I go with, I'll sneakily whisper to him like, "Okay, that was all an act. I'm actually hiding something down here. <laughs> I'm actually like, I'm actually putting in a deposit." <laughs> yeah, I, I know Gringotts is pretty damn safe, and now I just want to make it double safe so that all the thieves mm. will be focusing on Hogwarts. Don't worry, don't worry. I know you get a bit of a heat for a while, especially seeing as I, Albus Dumbledore, famous wizard, hair flip, actually uh, called out <laughs> your institution and said it was a scandal and an outrage. But just wait like <laughs> 10 months from now, you guys are going to be legends only because they're going to try and steal that stone from me and I'm going to reveal that it was a Gringotts the whole time. What an outstanding institution and security measure. And that, and that goblin yeah. will be like, yeah, that is great. And then I'll be like, oblivious, because I can have no ties. I can have no loose ends. I was going to say, you are leaving a loose tie with this goblin. You're going to have to do something. Obliviate. <laughs> Nip that shit in the bud. You can't have anyone knowing what you're doing. Exactly. <laughs> uh, that's great. I love that. <laughs> what a great plan. Yeah. I love that for the drama alone. <laughs> I've got another one. This is a three-step plan. Step one, go to a rock quarry. Pick up, like, Mm -hmm. a thousand (laughs) rocks. (laughs) Like, (laughs) maybe more. Just, like, just make your pockets real big and then just 
stuff them with rocks, like so many rocks, just as many rocks yeah, as you can. And then spend like however long it takes transfiguring all of those rocks one by one to look like the Philosopher's Stone. <laughs> yes. And then chuck the Philosopher's Stone in that mix. So it's like, okay, so it's just mixed in with this bag of billions of rocks. Then mm-hmm. <laughs> go to a house, just any house, just buy a house. And no, it's a paper trail, it's a paper trail. <laughs> just find a shack somewhere, whatever. Put that house under the Fidelius charm so that you are mm-hmm. the secret keeper and only you know where the house is and only you can get inside. Go inside yep. that house. Walk around the perimeter of the house from the inside and cast an age line spell. Mm-hmm. Remember the age line from Goblet of Fire? Okay, yeah. but instead Intros. of setting the age for this line as 17, set it for age 600. <laughs> so now... <laughs> That's great. Only the, old, only the oldest wizard in the world, Nicholas Flamel, can cross the age line. Then empty your pocket of all these magnitude of rocks and be like, there you go, Nicholas, next time you want to get your Philosopher's Stone, just like, like it's probably going to take you a while because you're going to have to sort through all these rocks. Mm. But he mm. would know which one's his because he made it. <laughs> yeah. He'd made it and he's been using it for 600 years. He should be able to find it in the mess. Um, Mm -hmm. Oh, also, the other step to that is, okay, in sixth book, when Voldemort was protecting his Horcrux, he did something to that Horcrux to make it unsummonable. When Harry tried to Accio the Horcrux, it just straight up didn't work. So do that to the Philosopher's Stone as well. So I couldn't step into the house and be like, Accio Philosopher's Stone, and it would fly out of the pile. Mm. You need it to be mixed in with all those other identical stones. Yeah. Well, you couldn't step into the house anyway unless you were 600 years old. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Also, like, <laughs> some kind of burglar alarm. So if anyone tries to get into the house, like, I, Dumbledore, am immediately informed. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's quite no. easy for myself, Dumbledore, and my friend Nicholas Flamel working in tandem can get into mm-hmm. that house and find that stone. It will take a while. Mm-hmm. Like, you probably need to set aside a whole day to go through all of these stones and figure out which one is the correct one. But that's fine. He's mm-hmm. 600 years old. If he can't spare a day to pick up his stone, then whatever. <laughs> You're like, you told me to keep it safe. I did it. It's safe. Excellent. <laughs> so these are, that's all of our plans to keep the stone safe. Now, mm-hmm. let's see if we can go through the protections that were set up in the book and see if we can make them a little bit more secure. Okay. All right. The locked door. Hermione Granger gets through that door with an Alaflamora. Also, sometimes Filch is hanging around the entrance of the Forbidden Corridor. Exactly. So Filch in a locked um, door. Mrs. Norris Filch in a locked door. Okay, so... <laughs> scrap the squib. I would have, like, um, enchanted armor or an enchanted statue or something that, like... Ooh. Yeah, you have to answer these riddles three or something to get through. And then behind that is like an invisible door. Because you know how sometimes the doors in Hogwarts, you can't actually see them. And then the lock is e- yeah. is is like harder than just a simple Alohomora. Like it's going to be a really difficult lock to get through. <laughs> or just a lock that only Dumbledore himself can open. Yeah. Like that would do it. Easy. Like first of all, yeah. the, the first thing I would do is put up some kind of sign, which is like, this is the forbidden corridor. You cannot go in this room. Because Harry, Ron, Hermione, and Neville just stumble into the room. 
They didn't even know mm-hmm. that was the forbidden room. They're like, this room's locked, but we need somewhere to hide. And they just went inside. <laughs> but I like the idea of a statue. So like a statue mm-hmm. or the suit of armor, because we know the suits of armor at Hogwarts can be mobilized and turned into a force. If you had mm-hmm. a suit of armor who was guarding the door and say anyone who approaches the door who is not like a teacher at Hogwarts or Albus Dumbledore himself is given a warning and told to back off. Otherwise all of yeah. the other hog, all of the other armor at Hogwarts come to life and swarm the corridor and stop whoever's there. Yeah, I agree. Or a ghost. A ghost. A ghost is a good idea because yeah. what can you do to harm a ghost? If you just had a ghost guarding it and you were like, if mm-hmm. anyone comes to the door, just come and get me. Exactly. Like, that would be immediately more secure. <laughs> yeah. Or Peeves, because, like, Peeves doesn't listen to Dumbledore, but he does listen to um uh, the Bloody Baron. So if you convince the Bloody Baron to, like, have a guard on Peeves to make sure that Peeves is guarding that area and will, like, make a big racket if anyone tries to get in who isn't Dumbledore or the four teachers involved, mm. then that's fine. Yeah. Well, even just, like, Peeves likes to mess with people. If you yeah. just told Peeves, like, just fuck with anyone in this corridor, like, anyone who comes in here, just go wild. You can mess with yeah. them as much as you want, including us. And then when you have to go into the corridor, just be like, Bloody Baron, can you please escort me through this corridor? Yeah, exactly. That's great. <laughs> that way Voldemort has to convince the Bloody Baron to come with him. Like, the problem is this is all doable if you're disguised as Quirrell. Mm. But whatever. Infiltrating the Hogwarts teachers is pretty difficult, and it was impressive that Voldemort was able to do that. Yeah, and gross. Okay, next la- layer of protection, Fluffy. Fluffy well, is pretty dangerous. A three-headed, yes. like, Cerebus. Yeah. So the only reason that Voldemort was able to get past Fluffy was because he learned from Hagrid the trick about playing music. Hmm, I can't kill Hagrid. As I said, <laughs> no, you can't kill Hagrid. As I said, and you can't, like, obliviate the knowledge out of Hagrid's mind either because you need to be able to get past Fluffy. So you need Mm -hmm. Hagrid to be there to calm the dog as necessary. I was thinking maybe you could have, like, a different sort of creature there, but I think the fact that Fluffy's there is that Fluffy is a Cerebus. I don't think it's a common creature for the UK. So, like, if you had other creatures there, you could read Fantastic Beasts and where to find them and maybe figure out their weaknesses and how to, like, overcome them. Whereas Fluffy seems like almost like a one-of-a-kind sort of thing. So that's a pretty good defense. I don't know this about Fluffy, but I think one of our topics that we wanted to do at some point was like, did anyone walk Fluffy? Like, who is taking (laughs) care of this dog? I think that as a Cerebus, it's part of the like mythology of this monster that they're used to guarding. They're used to guard things. So I think part of the biology of Fluffy is that he is able to stay in one place for months, up to a year at least, and not Mm -hmm. need like food, water, exercise, because he's guarding something. And that becomes his like mission in life and it's what sustains him. If he's from the underworld, then he mightn't ever eat or drink or sleep. Well, he does sleep if you play him music, but... You have to play Mm. him music to force him to sleep. Luckily. He's not just like, oh, I'm having a nap. Mm-hmm. Because I think in the movie, when Harry, Ron, and Hermione first go in and see Fluffy, he's asleep and then he wakes up when they walk in and sees them and starts to attack. And that's why they're able to escape because it takes him a few seconds. 
in the book, he is wide awake and staring at them the second they step inside. And it's just the pure shock of them appearing, which is what stops them from being attacked. Mm -hmm. So I think he is ready. He is alert and on guard 24-7. Every second of the day, he's protecting this trapdoor. That's a really good defense. So yeah, I would keep Fluffy. Mm. No changes there. Yeah, I wouldn't change Fluffy. Devil's Snare is the next one. Okay. Hmm. Put lava underneath it? <laughs> like... <laughs> I mean, for real, yeah. because, like, everyone who knows about the the whole chamber and how to get to the, the end of it, like how to get to the stone, they know that the Devil's Snare is going to be there. So you wouldn't land in it. You could just hover yourself over it and then get to the door, because in the book... It's like it's a raised platform, right? Or, or is it underneath? It's the, the you fall from the trapdoor into the devil's snare. And then the the trick is that you have to get off the devil's snare and to the safe space around the edges of the chamber, yeah, that's which is where right. the door to the next room is. Exactly. So if you land in the devil's snare and wait for a second, because the reason Hermione gets out is that she just jumps up and gets off the plant immediately. Harry and Ron sit there for a few seconds and yeah. they become entangled. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the the trick is that you just have to get off the devil's snare quickly, yeah. and it can't grab you. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, if you were if you knew it was there, you could literally not even land in the devil's snare, but just like arresto momentum yourself, and then like float over to where the mm-hmm. the ledge is. That's how that's how Hermione and Ron get past the devil's snare when they're leaving. When they're mm-hmm. leaving, they grab the brooms from Flitwick's key room, and then they fly out past the devil's snare and Fluffy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you if you have a broom with you when you go into that chamber, the devil's snare isn't even a thing. Yeah, but that's if you only know it's there. See, the thing is, we have to make sure that mm. Harry Potter and his friends can get through this without dying as well. So if we had lava underneath the yeah. devil's snare, they would just die. So, Well, the thing that struck me about devil's snare was that Hermione Granger about devil's snare just from being in class. So obviously mm-hmm. this is a plant that 11-year-olds are taught about. So maybe just make it a plant that 11-year-olds aren't taught about. Like, even just exactly. a plant from the advanced herbology classes in seventh year. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. there's got to be something that's dangerous enough to make that room threatening, but yeah. not so dangerous that Professor Sprout or Dumbledore or Nicholas Flamel or whoever couldn't get through it if they needed to. Do you remember in the computer games how there was, like, those Venus flapjack things that would, like, strike forward like a snake and snap at you? A bunch of those Yeah, venomous tentacular. Yeah, Venomous Tentacular. Just have, like, a whole bunch of them in there. So you land right in the middle of them. And this is the trick. You land in the middle and you have to freeze because you're you're just far enough away from all of their strike zones that when you land, that, like, they can't get you. But the minute you take a step, they'll start going snap, 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 snap and trying to get you. So you have to land in the middle and either you hover yourself over to the, um, the safe place or you, like, hex them all so that they all, like, faint or do some, but like, yeah, you can't just like take a step. You have to recognize what these things are. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You have to like fall in the middle of them and then you can't move without getting past them. Yeah. That's good. But I think mm. the problem with this room is we don't know enough about herbology to make this room threatening. Cause we're just like different <laughs> kinds of dangerous plants. My theory is just like, what if you just planted a whomping willow in there? <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it needs sunlight though. Probably. Yeah, I think probably that's, that's the reason why you couldn't do Venomous Tentacular as well. It has to be something that can mm. grow in the dark. And Devil's yeah. Snare is something that grows in caves and things. 
oh, what was that flesh-eating shrubbery from our <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. um, What's Up, Dusky Take at Hogwarts uh, yeah. episode? That was something that grew in caves, the cannibal yeah, just shrub. Have, just have plants that eat anyone who tries to get in. <laughs> or something that just like releases poison spores into the air, something like that. Again, we have to make sure that Harry, Ron, and Hermione don't die. Yeah, something that releases poison spores into the air. So the only way that you can get through is if you don't breathe, or if you have the like the antidote with you as you step into the mm. room. So if you know that it's in there, maybe poisonous spores that, that don't kill nice. you, but knock you out. Yes, that's what I was going to suggest for Snape's room. Yeah, yeah, something that just puts you to sleep the second you go in there. Oh, does a mandrake do that? No, a mandrake kills you if you hear it screaming. Yeah, you just die. Oh, baby mandrakes. Baby yeah. mandrakes will knock you out if you hear them for a couple of hours. So that's great. Okay. You fall through the trapdoor, you're immediately unconscious, <laughs> and then you just have to wait for them to come get you. That is good. And, like, if, because if you actually knew that they were there, you just, like, do a little charm on yourself or put earplugs on, put earmuffs on, and then you just land there and you're yeah. fine. Whereas Harry yeah. and Hermione jump like- in, they land there, they pass out. That's fine. The thief comes in, they land there, they pass out. They don't know about the mandrakes. There you go. Problem yeah. solved. <laughs> okay, so what about the next room with the flying keys? The flying keys. How to make that more dangerous or more difficult? How about just don't have the key in there? So, like, you know how there's all the flying keys and the wings and there's one of them that will go into the door? Don't have any of the keys fit yeah. the door and the door is actually open without Alahamora. <laughs> so it's just a trick. <laughs> I like just a trick. I do like – in the movie they made it more difficult by all the keys attacking you, but then the one mm-hmm. key that didn't attack you was like, well, that's obviously the one that I need to get. <laughs> Yeah. So it's like, I just have to avoid these keys that are attacking me for long enough to get the real one. Because I think that room slowed Voldemort down because he had to catch multiple keys and put them in. The reason that Harry, mm-hmm. Ron, Hermione could get through is because they identified the key with the broken wing, mm-hmm. which had already been used before. If you don't know which key it is, it's going to take forever. But I do just like, if you don't know what the key is, and you go there and you're catching keys and you're trying to fit in the lock, none of them fit in the lock. It's because none of them fit in the lock. Not one key actually fits in the lock. Yeah. It is just a simple Alhamora. <laughs> Not even Alhamora. The real key is in Flitwick's pocket. In my sleeve the whole time. The best way to get through is to have something on your person. So that, like, the only way to get through is if all the teachers work together and escort you through the puzzles. Because if you can mm-hmm. get through just on your own, like, why? Why would Nicholas Flamel yeah. or Dumbledore, the two people who could need to get to this stone in a hurry, not need the teachers to escort them through? Like, what's the scenario in which they need to get to the end yeah. and don't have time to get five other people to come with them? Okay, so that's the keys done. Next yeah. is the uh, chess giant game. chess set. What if instead mm-hmm. of playing chess, the giant chess pieces just attack you? <laughs> what if instead of playing uh magical chess it's like magical mousetrap because that's impossible to set up for one (laughs) and you'd be there for ages magical monopoly (laughs) you need more than one player for that you're just stuck there (laughs) no you play against the the other thing has come to life so you pick like say you want to be the top hat yeah you pick the top Mm -hmm. hat and then like the talking dog and 
the talking dog. The dog and the iron and the thimble and whatever else all come to life and you have to play a giant game of yeah. Monopoly. And it takes four hours and, and you hate yourself. Yeah, because like, <laughs> <laughs> let's face it, chess is a game of strategy. So anyone who like thinks about it critically and like strategizes properly can win a game of chess if they try hard enough. But Monopoly yeah. and like Mousetrap and shit, they're games of luck. So if you had a magical <laughs> game of luck there, unless they're lucky, they can't get through. And then if you're mm. just McGonagall, you just have a safe word. You just walk in and you're like, oh, uh, go to jail. And then like they all just go still and just walk th- straight through to the chamber. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love it. magical Monopoly because <laughs> if you just went in there with six people, you just play Monopoly and one of you wins. <laughs> and then they only get to get through. The rest of them suck. Yeah, yeah. stuck there. <laughs> okay. Giant chess set, giant Monopoly game. <laughs> That's how you make that room more <laughs> difficult. But again, not yep. so difficult that three 11-year-olds couldn't get through. Mm-hmm. All you need to do is be good enough at capitalism and you can get through this room. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right, so we've got giant Monopoly. Next up is the troll. Oh, that's right, the troll. It's already knocked out. Yeah, Quirrell's protection. Okay. I mean, he wasn't really trying with that. <laughs> like, no. Three 11 year olds that can was take just... down a troll. <laughs> well, it was, it was noted to be much bigger and more dangerous than the troll that Harry, Ron, and Hermione had faced. So it was just a big mm. troll that Quirrell was able to knock out. It was just a something. Yeah. Again, okay. I'm like, I wonder how that, comfortable yeah. that troll was living in that room. <laughs> Did anyone ever go down and feed him? Or... Is that like an exploitation issue? Have we talked about troll rights yet? <laughs> Was he hired? I think something you could put in that room which would make it a bit more dangerous. Instead of a troll, uh, Dementors. Yeah. But then any sort of, like, sixth-year wizard or above should be able to cast a Patronus. Only if they're not a dark wizard. Because the thing about a Patronus is it requires such a depth of love and happiness from inside of you that people who have devoted themselves to dark magic, for example... Literally all the Death Eaters, except Snape, Voldemort himself, and probably others, are unable to cast Patronuses. Right. Okay. So that would be a good test to see if, like, the thief is related to Voldemort as a Death Eater somehow. Because mm. it's not mm-hmm. perfect, because some people who are evil, like Umbridge, can cast yeah. Patronuses. But it should make mm-hmm. it more difficult and at least slow you down. I think it's more yeah. difficult to deal with Dementors than it is to deal with a troll, just because of a Tronus is a yeah. really hard spell. And if you've just gone through, like, four hours of Transfigured Monopoly, you are at your lowest <laughs> level. <laughs> you are not ready you to think struggling. of happy thoughts. <laughs> there's, no, there's no love in you. All you want is to die. <laughs> yep. That's right. Okay, so now the Monopoly is working on two levels, because first it drains all the joy out of you, and then it stops you from getting through the Dementor room. Excellent. (laughs) Next up is the potions puzzle. What I was going to suggest for this is have the exact same puzzle. So it's a logic puzzle, uh, some of these are poison, some of these are nettle wine, blah, 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 blah. But actually, all of the potions are just dreamless sleep. So no matter which one you pick, you drink it and you just go to sleep. And for something ridiculous, yeah. make it for like 48 hours or something. Yeah. And then like to get through the the door with the flames, you just walk through because the flames don't actually harm you. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, you just walk <laughs> through the room. But if you think you have to stop and solve the puzzle, then you knock yourself out for several days. And yeah. just some sort of alarm that lets people know that someone's trying to get in. Mm-hmm. Like some kind of ward or alarm or something like that. Not in this room, just in every yeah. room. Because exactly. it's ridiculous that like they didn't know that Voldemort was trying to get the stone until Ron and Hermione told Dumbledore. <laughs> yeah. Some sort of like Indiana Jones thing where like when you lift the potions bottle off the table, like Dumbledore will get like a little like something a brick will fall off in his like office and he'll be like, Someone's in the potions oh. room and then they drink the <laughs> thing and then they just go to sleep for forty eight hours and he just goes down and gets them. <laughs> yeah. I think that's great. The other thing you could do, like, mm. the thing that Snape would be more likely to do is just make all of them poison. <laughs> and, like, the only way to get through the room is to go into the room with the antidote in your pocket. Make it, like, a thing that when you drink it, you turn into, like, a cockroach or something. <laughs> then yeah. what are you going to do? You're a cockroach. <laughs> and, like, you have no memory of being a wizard. So now you're a cockroach mm. and the alarm goes off. So people come down, they just find the cockroach, turn it back to what they, what they were. So far, I've been suggesting that when Dumbledore catches a thief, that he just murders them. <laughs> but I suppose he could place them under arrest. I guess th- thieving is illegal. You don't have to just kill them. Mm. And I like so far that, like, all of our changes have been just to just, like, trick the person going through. <laughs> so they th- <laughs> it seems like it's a logical way to get through. Like, you have to solve a puzzle or you have to, like, do a task to get through. But really, it's just a lie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but see... I think then you get the Kingsman problem. If all of them are tricks, after you've realised the first two or three rooms are tricks, you're just going to get to the potions room and be like, it's just a trick. I'm just going to try walking through the flames. Ah, well then what you do is taped under the table, you have the actual potion that you need to drink to get through the flames. The flames are real. (laughs) So you walk through and you get burnt. Yeah, I was going to say the flames are real. The flames are real, but just like, you know how Snape was inventing spells when he was a teenager? Just fucking invent a spell to make you impervious to flames. (laughs) So it's like, okay, here's a room that only I can get through. Anyone else who tries will just be knocked unconscious by this sleeping potion. Yeah, well, the flames are real. Like, you don't walk through them and they burn you, but you walk through them and levy corpus. You're hanging up by your ankle next to the ceiling and dropped your wand. What are you going to (laughs) do? Now you're trapped. (laughs) Okay, Mm -hmm. final test, the mirror. I think we've already discussed the easiest way to make the mirror room more difficult. Just don't have the philosopher's stone there. Have something else. Mm -hmm. Easy. (laughs) It is implied in the philosopher's stone that Dumbledore knew Harry, Ron, and Hermione would try and get through, get through the protections and get to the philosopher's stone, and he set things up so that he sort of could. So he (laughs) he allowed them to give it a go. I just want to talk a bit (laughs) more about what the hell was Dumbledore thinking. Because that was, like, reckless. <laughs> that was just... Yeah. There were so many ways that three of them could have died. They could have been torn mm-hmm. apart by a three-headed dog, first of all. <laughs> Never mind the yeah. rest of the rooms, some of which contained literal poison. <laughs> Risky business. That was just so dangerous. Why did he allow that? Like you said, he just wanted to test Harry. And, we, yeah. I mean, Dumbledore's morals are, like... Like a game of Twister, he just like spins a dial one day, and he's like, "Oh, I guess today I'm evil." Like it, <laughs> he, that seems exactly like something he would do. Mm, it is, and he can justify it to himself because it all worked out, didn't it? No one died. I mean, Ron got seriously injured. 
Yeah. <laughs> How I mean, like, Quirrell died. Quirrell died. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, no one we cared about. So I think Dumbledore was very obviously trying to test Harry. But I think it was just mm-hmm. a little bit more insidious than him being just, a, like, a kooky old man. Because Dumbledore knows at this point that Harry is, for some reason, the only hope of the entire wizarding world ever being free of Voldemort. Like, he's read the prophecy. He knows that Harry is the one who has to defeat Voldemort. So I think that this was just literally like, let's see what this boy can do. Let's see if he can get through a series of very dangerous, deadly traps set by very powerful magical adults with his two (laughs) friends. I've also read a theory which was like, so when you look at the skills and abilities of the trio, like Ron being good at chess matches, Harry being good at Quidditch, might be good at logic puzzles, and mm-hmm. their association with Hagrid, it makes sense that they can get through all of the puzzles, except Quirrell's, oh no, not Quirrell's room as well, because they had previously defeated a troll. It makes sense they can get mm-hmm. through all of the puzzles except the Devil's Snare. The Devil's Snare seems like the only thing that would really trip them up, aside from the fact that Hermione mm-hmm. just knew about it. So yeah. why is that the one that stands out? And then the suggestion is that because Neville is really good at herbology. So what if oh. when Neville was found out on detention with Harry, Ron, and Hermione, Dumbledore assumed that Neville was part of their trio and included him in the traps. He's like, oh, okay, so yeah. he's going to take Harry, Ron, Hermione, and Neville. That will be the group of people who try to get to the Philosopher's Stone. So he engineered the entire situation. For them to make it right. That would also explain why Dumbledore gave Neville points. Aside from him just wanting Gryffindor to win the House Cup, he gave Neville points as well because he's like, oh, uh, I misjudged that. (laughs) Whoops, made a mistake. That turns Dumbledore into like this manic Willy Willy Wonka meets Jigsaw sort of character where like all the kids show up in the different rooms and they're like, this one's for me. It does make Dumbledore much worse than he is otherwise. (laughs) But I like it. So that's our thoughts and theories on how to protect the stone or how to improve the protections that were already around the stone. Listeners, if you have any more ideas, we would love to hear them. If you've got some kind of convoluted magical trap or just plain old trickery that we haven't come Mm -hmm. up with, we'd love to hear it. If you have a master plan that tops mine or is like a counter to mine, so you're the thief trying to get through my master plan, I would love to hear that. <laughs> oh, that would be so good. Send us your high strategies. Well, I've been Jem, your strategic master host. <laughs> <laughs> I've been Rhea, your maniacal and sadistic host. Thanks for listening to Podcast Nine and Three Quarters. This show is written and edited by Rhea and Jem. You can send us an email at 9and3quarterspodcast at gmail.com or talk to us separately. Jem is on our Tumblr page, podcast9and3quarters.tumblr.com, and Rhea is on Twitter, at SmashMouthRhea. Please feel free to send theories or ask questions and bombard us with so many messages that we go mad and run away to a hut on a rock in the middle of the sea just to avoid them. Our logo art is by Winged Corgi. Find more of her art at wingedcorgi.tumblr.com. This week's intro music was Into the Devil's Snare and the Flying Keys by John Williams, and our outro music was Hedwig's Theme by John Williams. You'll hear from us again in two weeks' time.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.